James Cornell is a woodworker. He makes furniture out of reclaimed wood, like boards from old houses. Sells it on Etsy. He does pretty well. He's got a big shop of his own. Business grows every year. But he can't afford health insurance. This story happened a few years ago. So that day I was making picture frames. I was ripping boards down the table saw and made the last rip, turned off the table saw, and for whatever reason just looked away from the blade for a minute as I reached my hand in to grab the offcut and put my hand in the still spinning blade. So fortunately for me, since the power was off, uh, once the blade hit the bone, it pretty much kind of stopped the blade. Uh So it didn't go all the way through the finger, but uh, it was a pretty, pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly situation. You were here by yourself? Yeah, yeah, here by myself. So uh, screamed for about 10 seconds. <laughs> I didn't feel anything, just but knew what happened. And then uh, ran to a shop neighbor, um, leaving just like a trail of blood on the way over to him. Uh, they got me bandaged up and, and took me over to the urgent care because I know going to an emergency room is going to be just an obscene amount of money. But the doc at Urgent Care looks at Jim's finger and says, No, I'm not the guy for this. He was like, they're probably going to have to amputate it. You're going to have to go to an emergency room. Jim and his friend get back in the car. That was a pretty rough drive. The pain was so excruciating that I couldn't even talk. If I wanted to scream, I couldn't even scream. It was just... I don't know which was worse, the, the pain or, or the fear of what is this going to cost me. But there are a couple of nice surprises waiting for him. First, he's not going to lose the finger. Doctor came in, kind of took a look at everything, uh, cracked a couple jokes, and he was like, all right, I think we can stitch you back up. Took him an hour and a half to put in 10 stitches for him to kind of find enough skin to reattach. And it works. That's surprise number one. And then Jim stops at the desk on his way out to sign some paperwork. And the person behind the counter tells me, if you give us $350, if you pay $350 today, we'll take 60% off your bill. 60%. 60%. So (laughs) at that point, I'm thinking, again, this could be eight, $9,000. I'm like, yeah, here's, here's my credit card. This is an arm and a leg show about the cost of healthcare. I'm Dan Weissman. Jim, by the way, is a listener. He sent this story in just after the show launched last fall. And full disclosure, he supports the show on Patreon. And Jim's situation worked out. He ended up paying about 1500 bucks. It's a lot, but it's a lot less than he expected. And his finger's okay. And he sees a big question in this story. Is this a normal thing? If I walked into any hospital, is this something that they offer? Or did I luck out and just happen to walk into one that offers this 60% off program? This is a super good question. I don't think there's any way to know for sure to find out what kind of discounts and what kind of prices are out there. But hospitals getting creative, that is definitely a thing. They've got to do it. A couple months ago, I sat in on a webinar about the patient financial crisis by a woman named Sarah Gennetti. She connected some dots. To start with, she says, 
half of people with employer-based insurance have a deductible of at least 1000 bucks. That's the amount you pay out of pocket before insurance pays anything. And we know that 70% of Americans have less than $1,000 of savings at any given time. So before our insurance kicks in, 70% of us have a problem. And over half of Americans say that receiving a large medical bill can be almost as traumatic as receiving a very severe diagnosis in and of itself. Oh, and here's a thing I didn't tell you about Sarah Gennetti. She's the revenue director for a hospital. So our patient financial crisis, it's her patient financial crisis. Because when hospital bills are so high we can't pay them, the hospital doesn't get paid. So Sarah's here telling other hospital administrators one way her hospital is dealing with this patient financial crisis. Her hospital has brought in a company called Care Payment, like car payment with a silent E in the middle, to collect money from patients. And Care Payment makes paying for surgery kind of like financing a car. No money down, everybody qualifies, easy payments, zero interest. This is from a promo clip the company posted to YouTube. I was very happy to find out through care payment that we were going to be able to do monthly payments. This is an upgrade from the usual medical billing approach. Bad cop, pay up now in full or we send you to collections and wreck your credit, which most of us are pretty familiar with. Sarah Gennetti says the good cop approach is working for her hospital. They now collect twice as much money from patients as before, and that is after care payment takes its cut. So all those bills we can't afford? They're good news for care payment. Like, the company commissions surveys and puts out press releases to say so. Here's one from 2018. New care payment research shows Americans can't afford their medical bills. Awesome, right? I talked with Laura Aylward. She's a marketing executive at care payment. She gets that when bad times for people mean good times for your company, it means things are a little messed up. You know, it's, the incentives are misaligned in many respects. And you could even argue, like, why, why do you even, to your point, why, why do you even have to exist? You know, why do you as a company have to exist? Like, why, what is the, what's the point? You know, shouldn't it be better? Yeah. And, yes, and yes, maybe so. But the, but the reason that a company like ours will always exist is Americans do want to pay their bills. And when we owe a hospital, most of us definitely cannot pay the whole thing in one go. So care payment? is doing great. A press release says its business recently went up 50% in a year. And then there are hospitals getting creative on their own. That's in just a minute on An Arm and a Leg, right after the break. An Arm and a Leg is a co-production of Public Road Productions and Kaiser Health News, a nonprofit newsroom covering healthcare in America that's an editorially independent part of the Kaiser Family Foundation. It is not affiliated with the giant healthcare provider, Kaiser Permanente. They share an ancestor. It's a fun story, and you can read all about it at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. So, problem. Hospital bills that are too high for people to pay means people don't pay their bills. Hospitals lose money. So... Some of them are getting creative. For instance, a pair of hospitals in eastern Ohio offered a special recently. Bring us a bill from last year. You can pay it off at 50 cents on the dollar. I talked with Jose Guevara, the revenue director for the two hospitals. They're owned by the same chain. They share administrators and stuff. He started last year, and things were looking bad. People were just not 
paying their bills. And I said, how do I reach out this community? Because when I got here, uh, the first thing that was told to me was, you know, we're a poor community. Our people don't pay their bills. And, and I said, oh, you know, <clears throat> you really don't realize I come from a state that's number two is the poorest state of the nation. Albuquerque, New Mexico, you know, and people pay the bills and when we give them discounts and we work with them and so forth. So a little while after he arrived, he got the okay for a one-month experiment, 50% off on old bills. They just put up some flyers in the hospital to see what would happen. And that worked out really good. Our collections for that month was almost $1.2 million for the whole month. And what is it usually? Usually it runs about maybe 600000 so we almost doubled it. So you, you you gave people a discount of 50%, but you took in twice as much money. Yes, yes, yes. That was last fall. They liked all that money, so they ran the special again in February and March of this year. And this time, they pushed it harder. They hit Facebook and Twitter, got local media to write about it. Suddenly, Jose's team is getting calls from all over the country. People were calling me. They were going like, hey, uh, you know, my, my mother said that uh, she owes Bill. I mean... I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Can I pay that bill for her? By, of course, all means. You know, we have taken money from Atlanta, Georgia, you know, Nashville, Tennessee, Columbus, Ohio. The hospitals ended up extending the special offer through tax day to get people's refund checks. This time, they tripled their usual take. So this raises kind of an obvious question. And so how how can you, how can you afford to give 50% off? There's an obvious answer. 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. It's even better when people are calling you to pay it instead of you having to spend time and money chasing them to maybe pay it. But Jose gave me a second answer, too. Well, you know, people have asked that question. This is the thing, you know, the insurance, uh, we, we used to get paid 60% most of our carriers, you know, like Medicaid, 44%. Uh, so 50% is affordable to us. He's saying that carriers, insurance companies, pay them 60%. Medicaid pays 44%. So 50%? It's in the range of what the hospital expects to get, what it routinely accepts from the big players who pay most of the bills. Which raises a whole nother question. If you can afford a big discount like that, then why did you set the price so high in the first place? Wherever you look, the prices don't seem real. Jose is happy to get 50%, partly because otherwise he's likely to get nothing. James Cornell in that emergency room gets a 60% discount, mostly for the same reason. Sarah Gennetti is happy to give care payment a fat cut because her hospital still gets more money this way. And in all these cases, the hospitals are looking at losing money because they've set their prices so high. Seems like it's not working for anybody, except maybe care payment. In the next few episodes of An Arm and a Leg, we're going to get right into this. How did we end up with the prices we've got? We'll start with one procedure, a brain MRI, and four wildly different price tags, from $1,000 to $26,000. Two of them from the same hospital, for the same patient, on the same day. That's next time on An Arm and a Leg. Till then, take care of yourself. This is An Arm and a Leg, a show about the cost of healthcare. This week's stories came from listeners, and not just James Cornell. I found out about Sarah Gennetti and Jose Guevara after following a tip from a listener who works as a healthcare consultant. Thank you, and keep that stuff coming. Armandalegshow.com slash contact. 
This episode was produced by me, Dan Weissman. Our editor is Whitney Henry Lester. Our consulting managing producer is Daisy Rosario. Our music is by Dave Weiner and Blue Dot Sessions. Adam Raimunda is our audio warlock. Our intern is Daniel Fernandez. And Arm and a Leg is a co-production of Public Road Productions and Kaiser Health News, a nonprofit newsroom covering healthcare in America that's an editorially independent part of the Kaiser Family Foundation. It's not affiliated with the giant healthcare provider Kaiser Permanente. They share an ancestor. It's a fun story. You can hear it at the end of this season's first episode or check it out at armandalegshow.com slash Kaiser. Diane Weber is the national editor for broadcast, and Tanya English is senior editor for broadcast innovation at Kaiser Health News. They are the editorial liaisons for this show and two of the world's nicest humans. And Diane joined an arm and a leg as a Patreon supporter just as season one ended. So Diane is the first of more than 100 people I'm about to thank right now. Because anybody who pledges two bucks a month or more gets a shout out right here. And now, are you ready? Thank you so much, Lisa Poirier, Amber C. Doe, Laura L. Curio-Hudenpile, Tony Bucko, Rachel Fedor, Susan Jocelyn, Matt Fay, Ben Parrish, Craig Wilson, Janab Burgess, Walter, Ian Duffy, Shelby Jupe, Nathan Lawrence, James Cornell, Liz Salmi, Thomas Monter, Karen Murtaugh, Taylor Duckett, Edward Lewis, Chris Kamianeki, Joshua D. Shoup, Jill G. Ariano, Brian Willett, Amanda Crick, Robert Stones, Tony, Caitlin Malouk, Brian Rack, David Jean, Justin Mills, Aaron Feige, Philip Andrew Reed, Alvaro Martinez, Brooke Vanderford, Midori Krieger, Leah Pollocksmith, James Darwin, Kevin Grigo, Ben Rockwood, Dr. Travis J. Elliott, Lisa Sieverts, Jason Ashbaugh, Stephanie Rossi, Chris Clark, Alan E., Candace Sparkman, Brandon Johnson, Angela Forfia, David Zanni, Gillian Friedman, Seth Goldman, Danny Lynch, Michael Thibodeau, Elizabeth Plischka, Jeremy Brill, Joyce McMillan, Melissa Puyas, Shelley Steigerwald, Amber Green, Tyler Bosma, Arthur Wong, Melissa Piccoli Phillips, Marv Hoffman, Doug Shaw, Justin Bosley, Jack Phelps, John F. Meyer, Catherine Walker, Chris Brown, Jeremy Wood, Brian G. Shacklett, Julie Berry, Paul D. Blanchard, Busy.tv, Tina Faber, Laura Orozco, Nathan Stoddard, Alec and Sharon Floyd Peshkin, Chelsea Lasky McFarlane, Arthur Werkheiser, Cecilia Cicel Lucas, John Stoper, Devin Olson, George Lara, Ben Gamari, Kristen Hitchcock, Alita P, Sarah Basiak, Andrew Warson, Dr. April Hendricks, Vicki Broach, Melissa Parker, Lucy Raynell, Jeff Clark, Crystal Amador, Laura, W.K. Kirk, Donald McLeod, Mick Dumkey, Beverly Chappell, Steve Vance, David Sintron, Michael Frolicstein, Thomas Cheney, Leonard Shepard, Beth Lang, Jake Burton Denmark, Nick, Mike Hanlon, Josephine Elder, Everett Mills, Adina Love, Maria Albina, Jewel Ryder, Elizabeth Feldman, Amy E. Bins Calvi, Ud Puifuhu, Nathaniel Kasi, Carrie Williams, Niti Kandora, Daniel Renault. Thank you so much. It's so awesome to say all your names. Let me know if I got yours wrong. I'll redo it. Okay? Okay. Dan Weissman, out of here. This is season two. I'm so glad you are with us. <laughs>